that's how you build rivalries, and that's how you build atmosphere. Edwards, three-pointer, it's good! This team is right there with anybody else in, in the country. They are clicking on kind of a different level that we didn't um, that we didn't see this year. Perry for the lead. Oh! He did it again. Hello, everybody, and welcome to another edition of the Zone Star State Podcast. I'm Matthew Bruni. Joining me once again is Ishmael Johnson, live from AT and T Stadium in uh, Arlington, Texas. He's currently muted right now because there is music blaring behind him. But um, we will he will be talking on this podcast, don't worry. And uh, we're going to do, instead of, it's, it was kind of a slow-ish week of basketball finals were, were going on, and then nobody played over the weekend, really. And so we decided this was a good time to do um, a quick installment of our all-early season teams. Um, and this is through about a month and a week of games. So obviously we have a bunch of different schedules for different people and whatnot, but um, we put together first and second team that have some honorable mentions as well uh, that we're going to get into. But yes, that's where we're going to start. Um, I think we'll start with the men's side. Um, Ish, are, are you ready? You ready to go? I'm good to go. Uh, I think somebody heard us because the music went down like a little tad. So I it's think really somebody, not that bad. I think somebody heard us. They were like, "Oh, they're recording something." But, <laughs> uh, <laughs> but it's not yeah, that bad yeah. at all. Okay, good. Um, but yeah, no, I'm, I am excited for this because, like, we've we've kind of it's kind of in that middle that year where we know enough about I think all the teams to make some judgments. But obviously, games like Houston and Texas A&M on the men's side are coming up. You know, yeah. that will kind of give some big indications for. But it's enough to kind of have like early season kind of takes, I guess you can say. Yeah. Um, all right, we'll start with the men's team. I'll put it on the screen so that way, uh, for those watching on YouTube, you can be um, privy to it as well. Uh, this was a lot harder. I don't want to say harder, but this was the women's side felt kind of clear cut when I did the um, the top five players. Like, and I didn't do this by position when I threw this um, all together. So that might be you know different on the like for example, second team has four guards and one big. Right, first uh, we said going, <laughs> yeah, we said going into the year that it was going to be hard to find bigs in yeah. Texas that we trusted, and that is the case to this point. Um, but first team, uh, I have Ray J. Dennis Baylor, Joe Toussaint, Texas Tech, um, Jamal Shedd, Houston, Dylan Mitchell, Texas, and Emmanuel Miller, TCU. Just off of off rip, what do you think of that five uh, of that group? Yeah, I think. I think you got it right. I think the only one that's kind of, I don't want to say like controversial is probably, I guess, Toussaint. Toussaint. Um, But I think he's been playing well and Texas looked really good. So like, I can't really argue like, you know, Texas hasn't been looking that great. So I can't argue that they should have two players, you know, for Matt, like Max Abe is on the first team. Um, Or like LJ Cryer has been good, but like, it's clear how much Jamal Shedd lets him do as far as like, you know, alleviating defensive responsibilities and things like that. So I think I guess Cryer would be the only one that I would like probably try to maybe if I him or him or Taylor those are the only ones in the discussion to me um, that would theoretically take Tucson's place. But I I, I like him. I like tech, the way Tech's playing. Uh, they just lost Devin Cambridge, so Moore's going to be on his plate too. So yeah, yeah. no, I, I agree. I think I think the first team I have no issues with at all. 
Yeah, Toussaint is averaging 15 points per game, about four and a half assists, um, shooting 49% from the field. He's been clearly Texas Tech's kind of best player. Um, I, I think you you know you can have an argument for Cryer. Let's get to the second team real quick. Uh, second team: Sky Wicks from Incarnate Word, Max Aismith from Texas, LJ Cryer, Houston, Wade Taylor, Texas A&M, and Eves Massey from Baylor. Um, so just in from both of those teams, I do think you you can have an argument of LJ Cryer over Toussaint. Um, my thing is Shed, he doesn't have the stats or like the numbers. Like he's, I think he's around nine, 10 points per game, something like that. Right. But obviously the seven assists, like two and a half steals. And then you watch the game, it's very much Jamal Shed's team. So that's yes. why I think he's yes. the first team uh, guard from that team. Um, Ray J. Dennis, we've talked about him. We love Ray J. Dennis. Uh, he has been phenomenal for them so far um dylan mitchell i think was a, like when we're looking at the forwards of this of this um you know doing this ranking dylan mitchell is interesting because like he's not if dylan DeSue was healthy then maybe you'd be like all right dylan DeSue on this team dylan mitchell is one of the leading rebounders in the big 12 right now ultra efficient i don't have his efficiency stats in front of me offhand uh let me pull it up but he has been just a really really yeah 64 percent uh, from the field this year so dylan mitchell looks like he's taking a step forward and i'm very very impressed with him he's uh, 71st in the country in defensive rebounding rate so uh he was a good pick uh, to me as a one of the forwards and emmanuel miller has probably been tcu's um best player or at least one of the most impactful players uh so far like you, you talked about his shooting on one of the podcasts recently but uh seven of 20 from three to start the year and then uh 56 percent from the from two so um yeah Manuel miller's been uh really really good one of the things that stands out to me about mitchell is so you mentioned his his efficiency but his efficiency around the rim so he's shooting 87 percent around the rim the mm -hmm. thing that's interesting is he's not getting a lot of assisted looks he's only 62 percent assisted at the rim which is kind of nuts because they're just letting him like face up or go to work or, kind you know, it's a lot of like him finding himself in position for comparison. Uh, Zirik Anyema, who's more of their, you know, their reserve big, he has 84% assisted at the rim. So it is a lot of Dylan Mitchell, like just getting his look and he's still able to shoot, you know, he shoots 87 to Zirik Anyema's uh, 76 at the rim. So yeah, he's been insanely efficient. And if it wasn't for, Kind of Emmanuel Mitchell, Mitchell taking this, or Emmanuel Miller, excuse me, taking this next step, kind of offensively for TCU. Um, he, I think he'd be easily first team. Yeah. Um, there is a uh, interesting debate, like with Wade Taylor. We know how good he is, and but I think I cursed them when I said they were the best team in Texas because they've lost two of their next three games, uh, including a pretty bad home loss to Memphis. Like we're not getting deep into the games, but. You know, you don't want to lose that game to Memphis at home. Uh, and Wade Taylor once again struggled. Um, this is now, like we've said, when they play good teams that can kind of throw some matchup problems at Wade Taylor, and he struggles, the entire offense just struggles. And so that's where we're at. Wade Taylor went 3 of 14 from the field, 0 of 9 from 3, had 5 turnovers to 8 assists. So Wade Taylor for me is a second team right now. But it's obviously this is a guy who could very well step up in SEC play and be, you know, perhaps the SEC player of the year. I was about to say everything that every all of his numbers are still like easily the best for AM out of all their players. He's still in the top echelon as far as that's concerned. But I think that when you talk about um, 
sorry, I don't know if you can hear any of that noise. Um, yeah, barely. You're good. A door just opened to a suite. Um, <laughs> but uh, but no, he's still putting up the same efficiency. And you mentioned it, like Anim's issue is that I guess everything around. I won't say everything around him. That's kind of unfair. But they yeah. haven't looked as good as we probably thought. And his numbers are like down a tad. They're not down a bunch, right? He's, his shooting percentage is down a little bit. Um, he's not shooting well from three right now. I think he's yeah. 25% from three. And they have Houston coming up, which is going to be an incredible matchup for both teams. Um, but regardless, he's a lot of what he's doing is still up to par with what we kind of expect from him. Yeah. Uh, and I did want to give Sky Wicks a shout-out from Incarnate Word, 20 points. Yeah, game, what but... a find from them. He was at Missouri State a couple years ago. Yeah, um, I've watched a little bit of Incarnate Word. I think uh, they play – oh, gosh, who do they play today? Um, oh, they played uh, Rice today, and Rice ended up winning pretty comfortably. But regardless, um, Sky Wicks, shout out to him. Great find from Incarnate Word. They keep finding these guards that are, like, kind of under the radar. Jonathan Cissé yeah. last year was at 18 points per game. Now Sky Wicks go. Uh, shout out to him. Max Aismas, efficiency-wise, like three-point-wise, he is – been fine i think overall he's been fine um i just don't you know he hasn't been elite or anything like i don't want to say like he's been better than ray j dennis or jamal shed or crier or tucson so far but i think he's been he's been good for sure and defensively we'll see how texas does that's kind of the major thing with him and all their their entire team yeah no i think that's that's going to be i mean that's kind of be the thing that we kind of pay attention to all season with them right is is that defense um because you know that that's that's where ronnie terry's strength isn't and that's kind of where they've been hurt early to start the season has been on that side of the ball um i am curious to see like how close dylan desu is because i i am yeah. because of dylan mitchell's emergence i'm kind of in, i'm really interested in seeing how he kind of completes that team yeah Eves Massey, second team forward, uh, the only forward on the second team, um, 11th in the country. I'm sorry, 19th in the country in block percentage, uh, 6th in the country in offensive rebound percentage. We I mean, we said it since day one, this dude is going to be a problem. I mean, there's people mocking him in the first round. Yeah, he's been a revelation for them this year. Like, we were worried about the front court rotation, and then it's just gone. Like, just like that. It's just like, okay, like, if you can keep – you know, Jonathan Chamachacho playing minimally, right? Because yep. we know he's just not the player he is. Caleb Lawner can just play minimally. Josh Ajawuna can play like very, like you're asking yep. spot minutes at this point because you have this guy, Jalen Bridges. Jalen Bridges is another one. If you can play small ball a little bit, like you have this guy who can just, who's an athletic freak, seven feet tall, like as athletic, if not more athletic than when JTT was healthy. Like he just changes so much. And yeah, he's been an absolute revelation for them so far. Yeah, and I'm I'm interested to see how in big how many minutes he plays in Big Twelve play because there are games yeah. where Seton Hall twenty six minutes, but then Florida twelve minutes, Oregon State twenty five minutes. You know, and you kind of go back and forth. Auburn eighteen minutes, so he's gonna probably be in the eighteen to twenty minute range per game, which is good um, for a freshman. Obviously, you don't want to throw too too much at him, and they don't need to, really. So, all right, uh, you look at these honorable mentions. Anybody stand out to you? Anybody you would jump up or drop down or anything like that? Yeah, the honorable mention. I mean, Tay Hardy. I think Tay Hardy is the one that's going to stand out to me. I had um, him on the second team briefly. Yeah, he's. I mean, it it hasn't hurt. It hasn't helped that UTEP's kind of taken some hits recently. Yeah. Um, their momentum slowed a little bit, but I still think that he. I feel like he will make his way onto our end of the season list. I really yeah. do. Um, the step he's taken forward this year offensively is like 
he is the reason why they're kind of in the position that they are. Um, he went up from, I think he's playing roughly the same amount of minutes, if not less, and scoring like averaging three point three more points a game. Yeah. And in addition to playing all conference defense, like he's going to make the conference USA all defensive team just like last year. Yeah. Um, and he, he, I mean, I, again, they're six and four. I think they lost two. They've lost, they lost three in a row before last Monday. And then they lost to Oregon in a tough game. But again, before that, I, those are really tough teams, except for the Corpus Christi ones, probably the one that they probably hate getting away from them. Um, I don't know. I think I think he's going to be end up on this list at the end of the year. I'm not too upset about him being left off. Um, Tyrese Hunter. I don't know. What do you think about Tyrese Hunter's season? Because I like. I don't think he's been as impactful. I'm trying to figure out why he hasn't been as impactful a defender as he he was last yeah, year. Yeah, like that's my thing. Is like Marquette he, lit them up, and it Tyrese Hunter seemed like like Tyrese Hunter is on the court with Max Aismith, so like he has a lot more responsibility. But like he did nothing to bother. Tyler Kolick, nothing at all. And so it's like they in every game that they've kind of struggled with, it's I'm waiting for Hunter to like be that guard he was at at Iowa State where he was kind of just locking down. But I don't know, is it a coaching thing? I don't want to just automatically blame the coaching of but right. I mean, why I will say is it looks not? and I get at Max Amos was a, a top scorer at Oral Roberts, so like it, I get that, but like he doesn't to me, Tyrese Hunter does not look like the player coming back. Right, it, Max Abens looks like the player yeah. coming back from a year ago, and Tyrese Hunter looks like the new guy coming in right now. Yeah. So I don't know. I expected more from that backcourt. Kind of similarly, it's like s- similar to like a Houston with Shed and Cryer, but not mm-hmm. to the same level exactly. But I expected that kind of dynamic, and it just hasn't really happened. Yeah. Um, Zurich Phelps and Jason Edwards are, I don't know, they're two guys like that can score the ball, but aren't doing a ton else right now um they're both around like i think 14 points per game something like that right uh, jason edwards is very important to that north texas team uh um, oh, we haven't i don't think we we talked about it they just lost to fordham but uh right uh pretty pretty bad loss there but jason edwards is is huge for them he's trying to take over that tyler perry type role and i think he's done a good job overall yeah. they just they need a lot more so we'll by the see way uh goes. we should hit we should talk about a little bit um the ncaa ruling that came out today about the or not the ruling it was the court case yeah um because this kind of tangentially affects some teams so uh earlier today i believe the uh it was the state of ohio if i'm not if I'm well, correct, west virginia um west virginia it was a court in northwest west virginia yes um a um they were able to get a restraining order on the ncaa that basically um uh, did not allow the NCAA to enforce their waiver rule on players that have that are currently out or are waiting for their waiver uh, for two weeks until court comes back and they can make a decision on it. So it's a very weird thing, but yeah, teams are trying to figure out how they're going to approach it. I I only know from LSU side of things right now. LSU is trying to work with the SEC to figure out if they can do it or if they want to do it. Like what the how exactly it works out people are just confused right now is what i take away from all this yeah i think that uh, the utsa one is obviously jordan ivy curry um that's one of the ones that that potentially could be impacted by this it is very weird like i think that the ruling came out that if jordan so if jordan ivy curry plays i think the the uh, amanda christovich from um front office sports put out a clarification the NCAA is saying that for the for next 14 days, let's say Jordan Ivy Curry is ruled out, they, they deem him eligible for UTSA. Uh, they got to talk to lawyers and all that stuff. But I believe the NCAA said, clarified that within the 14 days, if Jordan Ivy Curry plays, 
he is good to go. Like even after the fourth, they're not going to retroactively rule him ineligible if he plays any time during this, or they're not going to have him skip a year, right? You know, he they're they're basically ruling that if he plays within these next 14 days, he will be eligible. Um, I think they're waiting for clarification on some lawyers to like avoid some potential loopholes, things yeah. like that. It's very complicated on the football side. You know, that's obviously like you can enter the portal technically, but if you don't, but there's no games to be played. So like, I think that's not yeah. part of the ruling. So like it's very complicated, but it does it. Some NCAA teams that are waiting for their men's basketball um, uh, ruling, it's going to be um, kind of on, on uh, that to, to uh, be part of the. They're waiting on the ruling for that in uh, officially. Yeah, it's yeah, it's complicated. Um, I wrote a story about it, but um, it is that like LSU is not playing Jalen Cook tonight, and they're trying. So we'll see. Are they going to play them? Are they going to play him against on Saturday when they play Texas in Houston? It's like, all right, I don't know. So um, we'll see. I, I think we'll get some clarity on that relatively quickly because the NCAA hasn't even put anything out like from their end on it. So who knows? Um, yeah, and yeah, Arian Simmons is the last one on on the honorable mention side. I want to give a shout out to. So, um, all right, to the women's, which have a lot more numbers next to them, because I <laughs> actually was like thinking about this and going through and doing my homework on this, so I can zoom out a little bit. Yeah, here for those looking at the screen. Um, <laughs> first team, Madison Connor, TCU. First of all, can uh, we talk about TCU having two? Yes, which I don't disagree with. Like I don't disagree with either of them. Dude, <laughs> NNO TCU, the two leading scores in the state right now. That is right? crazy. Right. I think so. Yeah, twenty-four and twenty-one point six. Like so, the only guard is Madison Connor uh, yes. from TCU. Then you have four forwards: Desiree Colonel, North Texas; Taylor Jones, Texas; Kirsten Harden, SFA; and Sedona Prince, TCU. Um, that was pretty clear cut to me. Like that's the four, or that's the five. Sorry, that are very much the top five players in the state at this moment. Um. Madison, like you said, let me start with the TCU duo, Madison Connor and Sedona Prince, who have I have the usage percentage on the side. I think Madison Connor is like 30% and Sedona Prince is 29 and a half. Like that's when they're on the court. We going into there, we knew it was going to be the ball screens time and time again. And so now it's just literally those two getting touches on the ball. Uh they've been phenomenal. Um, Madison Connor, 24 points, three and a half assists, shooting 44% on three on 12 attempts per game. <laughs> That's nuts. <laughs> like that's Steph Curry numbers. She put like, up 41 that, against Tulsa. <laughs> like unbelievable. She's been insane. Best guard in the state right now by far. Uh, and then Sedona Prince, obviously, we know how great how great she is. 21.6 points, 10 boards, three and a half blocks, 58.5% from the field. And like I said, 29.5% usage. That's higher than I'm watching LSU over here. I think that's higher than I think that's about what Anissa Morrow's at right now. So she's just like one of the top in the country in usage right now. That's insane. Yeah, it's she had one three against Tulane where it's she she's having that that Steph Curry confidence where it's like if she's on a fast break and she's kind of the trailer. Yeah, like she has that. It's not only that she, they, she has the confidence to pull up in a transition, but like she was there was one three where she pump faked and the player because it was like, oh, it's Madison Connor. She's going to shoot that. The yeah. player went like flying into like the fourth row and it just did like the quick pump fake dribble and then just reset and shoot. And it was like, oh, that's like. Yeah. that's 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 stupid you know that's caitlin clark stuff basically um so yeah she's playing on fire of course sedona prince we talked about her she fits i, I think not only is she healthy and playing well but like she fits what they want to do in terms of like being she's huge so she can just set any ball screen and free up anybody 
And so her finish around the rim is really good. She's just like, she, she, no one is able to guard her. And defensively, she's just unstoppable. So that's where her calling card has always been. And it's kind of unfair to kind of watch her healthy in a system that uses her correctly. Yep. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty nuts. And it looks like she has a jump shot now. So like, it's kind of scary. <laughs> Yeah, watch out for TCU, man. I am I'm very much looking forward to conference play. Honestly, yeah, not again, not a very tough schedule so far, but again, it doesn't matter because this team was so bad last year that like it you kind of want them just to just to see what they can do. And they've been destroying people. Uh they yeah. who was it? They beat Rice. And who did Rice just beat? Yeah, uh, Rice, Rice uh well Rice lost to Gonzaga by like eight. Right, right, and... right. They lost close to Gonzaga, and I mean they look pretty good. They lost uh I'm trying to think, didn't they play somebody else pretty close? It might have been just Gonzaga, but still, TCU crushed Rice, and Rice is a good team. So they're probably not playing anybody good until I mean, first Conference. or the yeah Baylor. They get Baylor to open up Big Twelve play, which would be very fun. But uh, until then, they might go into conference unbeaten. I mean, yeah, the schedule is what it it's is. Very, but, it's um, very bad. <laughs> the schedule is very I'm bad. Still, I'm still over here saying I might be pounding the table for to to rank them. Um, Look, I mean, like, I agree. Their schedule's weak, but like, if yeah, if they go fourteen and zero going to the conference, yeah, they should be ranked. Yeah, I'm looking at it right now. Um, I mean, have hey, if we if we pull out what the the college football playoff committee pulls out with common opponents, I mean, they beat Rice more than Gonzaga. And Gonzaga's twenty first in the country, so common opponents this thing up. I mean, North Carolina's six and four. Get them out. Get them out. Does TCU lose to UConn right now? I don't know. I don't know the answer to I that. Mean, I, that's a great question. I do not know. I do. I legitimately do not know. Because like that, we saw the Texas team. Obviously, Texas is great, but yeah. they tore that UConn team apart. And I'm like, that's a lot of balance on the TCU on the TCU team that I kind of like. I need it. Yep. I need conference play to be here. Um, okay. Uh, the rest here. Desiree Colonel from North Texas. She's been. Just named AAC Player of the Week, I believe. I mean, we talked about um, that North Texas team going into the year, and we talked about all the guards. We talked about Tamisha Lampkin, even. We talk, I talked about Desiree Colonel, but, like, nobody saw this one coming. I was about to say, she was the second best player on those Commerce teams, right? Like, I, I don't think – I think we expect her to come in and play well, but this yeah. well has been insane Dude, to watch. She's – Okay, I mean, the stats are right there for anybody who can read them, but 18 points, 10 boards, 2.1 steals, 55% from two, 53% from three on, like, two and a half attempts per game. So she's, yeah. like, automatic almost from three right. um, and 80% from the free throw line. And I said, I'll, I got to pull the clip. After they lost to a and I was like, I am still a believer in this front court of Tamisha yes. Lampkin and Desiree Colonel. And they have they've proved me right, man. This North Texas team is damn good right now. So. There are a lot of – they're a lot of fun. She is also, when it comes to pre, let me see, she's at eight re, eight free throw attempts per game, which is fifth in the country, by the way. Um, and then she's at seven rebounds, or excuse me, nine nine point eight rebounds a game, which is thirty second in the country. Like yeah. she is on a crazy level right now. And again, two turnarounds, TCU and North Texas, that weren't easy. Like these weren't teams that we were expecting to hit the ground running, especially on Jason. Like. I knew Jason Burton was going to be a, a good hire eventually, yeah. but he was still also kind of a little bit of a gamble, right? They were okay. Commerce was okay for their first year, right? But I kind of expected him to get a job after this year, you know, uh, at, at, if he stayed at Commerce. So the turnaround 
insane. And yeah, it's it's happening in a way that we didn't expect. It's it's Desiree Colonel and it's Jocelyn Moore kind of coming back into mm-hmm. her own. Um, and to where we talked about it before, Deontay Robinson can just kind of be that microwave off the bench. Yep. Uh, Taylor Jones, we've talked about a lot. You you did a great job highlighting her last podcast from Texas, 16.2 points. Um, I didn't have Roy Harmon on this, on the first team, uh, partially because I think these five have just been superb. But um, Taylor Jones, the usage percentage is just way higher than what Roy's has done. And Roy has been able to pick her spots. Like they're, we talked about before, their non-conference has not been difficult. So it's been a lot of just Taylor Jones just, shooting 71 percent from the field and just... i was about to say she's so she fits this team so well um yeah. because she's the lengthier big of all of them and she's the shot blocker you know she doesn't need to shoot an incredible amount she's going to get assisted on every basket right she's the she's kind of the dump off player yeah. um and her like players like her and, and gaston when she when she comes back healthy like they occupy spaces on the floor that texas doesn't have right now right we know madison booker can kind of stretch out um and everybody else can space the floor and those inside areas around the paint somebody needs to occupy them and taylor jones is big enough and lengthy enough to be able to defend and then uh, offensively be that dump off in the paint yeah and um kirsten hayden uh from sfa 18 points eight boards 55 percent from the field 83 percent from the free throw line almost all of these players are like really good at the free throw line these big yeah. um yeah, shout out to them. But uh, yeah, she's been the best player on SFA. Really good year for her so far. Um, and that rounds out the first team. Um, on to the second team. Sabria Dean, Lamar, Bailey Maupin, Texas Tech, Rory Harmon, Texas, Driana Edwards, Baylor, and Janiah Barker, Texas A&M. Um, thoughts? What are you, what are you, where are you at with this? I mean, I think for me, it shows how deep the state is. Like, of course, when we put out our official teams, you know, we'll have guards. So, like, Rory Harmon probably yeah. be the first team guard. But um, I think it shows how deep just the overall talent base is that Rory, uh, not even Harmon, but just like Bailey Malpin, right? We, she's off to an incredible Janiah start. Barker. Right. Like, Janiah Barker. Like, these are play- this is the first team, right? If you would have told, told me this was the first team, like if you'd have told anyone, it's like, oh yeah, that makes sense. Like all those names are names that you would expect to see yeah. on the first team. But yeah, it's like it's been an insane start for like kind of like star power in on the women's side. Uh Sabria Dean, by the way, I do want to give her some a shout out because of course we talked about Lamar. They're what what are they right now? Uh, They're right, right around five hundred or something. Yeah, right around five hundred yeah. sounds about right. Um eight, 17 points a game, as you mentioned, two four points. and three. Fourth, okay, again, before they get to conference, that's not bad. Um you mentioned free throw percentage again, 82% from the free throw line, 45, 45th in the, in the country in free throws made per game. She's averaging about four to five a game, which again, a lot of these players are just able to get to the line and that, that increases their value so much. But yeah, Sabrina Dean's the engine that makes that Lamar team go. Bailey Malpen, of course, just like silencing every issue we ever had about this tech team's backcourt. Um, she's taken a leap that I didn't even expect this year. I thought it'd be more of the same 10-ish points a game, but she shot up to 15. <laughs> so, um, yeah, I wouldn't be shocked if she's on this team uh, at the end of the year. Yeah. Um, Driana Edwards was on the first team briefly um, before I kept going through it. Um, I think she's been the best player on Baylor so far this year. And they've, they've had a lot of good players. Obviously, they're a very good team. But, uh, yeah, she, her and Janiah Barker just been really, really solid. I was about really to say, like, so, so for, for, for Baylor, I should say, are they the most balanced team in the state? 
right I now. can't I can't say that because yeah. they don't have a big like a true true big the way Texas and sure and AM do and uh potentially you know T- we know TCU does but like yeah, I'm yeah. Not there in that category but yeah, I, like I think they're really good yeah but and like well-rounded yes like talent wise but yeah I don't know if I can put them in that category but Dreon Edwards makes up for a lot of what you know they maybe sure can. sure no it's gonna be a lot of like little page bugs playing the big slot yeah. sometimes yeah so so I, I can get that but I was just looking at their numbers and I didn't realize how balanced they were just like mm-hmm. rebounding points like everything's very even there's no like there's no like like last year with Sarah Andrews right there there's no like Sarah Andrews putting up 20 um yeah. this season because they don't really need to right now yeah and um like I said earlier Roy Harmon I, I don't remember where her usage is at. It's not super high. It's in like the low twenties, I think, which is fine. But um, yeah, fourteen points, seven and a half assists on fifty-one percent shooting with three steals, <laughs> still uh, still Stupid. pretty damn good. I mean, in conference play, when she gets extended minutes and she doesn't come off the court, mm-hmm. those numbers will be better, and her impact is going to be um felt. So, uh, that was an easy second team for me too. Not gonna lie. <laughs> I was about to say it's like once you start eliminating, you're like, okay, these are all just second team, and there's no. And and you know the crazy thing is, I mean, imagine if uh, Jordan Jenkins was playing, God, and if I know, Jordan right? Jenkins was putting up, you know, the numbers that she's used to putting up, then it's like, all right, where do we put her in here? Is she first right. team? She's where is she on like on this list? So, uh, speaking of UTSA though, honorable mentions, which um, Sydney Love and Elisa Coleman, U- yes. UTSA, probably the eleventh and twelfth player here, like the next up. Uh, both of them have been really, really good for UTSA. We've talked about them. We've talked about UTSA at length this year. We love that team. Uh, hope Jordan Jenkins gets back. But until then, Sydney Love and Elisa Coleman have been really, really, really good. So shout out to Karen Aston. Shout out to those two because they definitely deserve um, a shout out in this segment. Okay. Um, Dominic Guinness uh, from Rice. leading Not the Rice player you probably would have expected to see. On this no. Malia um, no, just kind of taking a step back. Yeah. But Dominic Guinness, like you mentioned, Dominic Guinness is – kind of taken over and they're they're not bad this year they're a lot more they're less reliant on malia fisher and obviously when you um uh when you lose an ashley austin you kind of wonder how the production is going to divvy up after that yeah uh jasmine shavers from texas tech is putting up really really good numbers too i think she's around 14 points per game so um yeah she deserves honorable mention layla blair overall like like houston is like Ronald Dewey's never going to have, like, dynamic offenses or, like, efficient offenses. So, like, Layla Blair and I avoiding them, you know, they're not ultra efficient, but they are doing enough to win uh, to win games or at least, you know, yeah. continue uh, what they've been doing. Uh, Kyla Deck, SFA, and Peyton Hole from Abilene Christian, really, really good season so far. I think in, the, like, that 12, 13-point range. Uh, Peyton Hole might be actually above that, yeah. I believe. Yeah, she's. Um, I mean, she's she's been. I mean, freshman, by the way. Yeah. Um, true freshman from Peaster, and she had Peaster. I believe they were, were they in the state tournament? I think they might have fell just short of the state tournament. But, um, yeah, it. She she's been stellar. I mean, she was a star at Peaster, and I didn't expect her to hit the ground running like this in college. So, if she's there for four years, they got something very special. Yeah, she's at 17 points per game right now. And I'm pretty sure she had like a 30-point outing at some point. Let me find it. That's insane. Yeah, she scored 34 <laughs> against Navy and 31 against UT Arlington. So like That's nuts. By the way, on the UTSA team, uh, currently 26th in the country in field goal percentage allowed. So uh, 
insane. Free throw percentage, they're holding teams, uh, they're not allowing a lot of free throws. And two-point percentage of 24th in the country. So they are playing some defense in San Antonio. Yeah. Um, All of these obviously are not official, but these are some good talking points. Uh, Don't need anybody to go and make graphics of this. Well, if y'all want to make graphics of it, go ahead. But yeah, Yeah, call us out that much. If you have that much of an effort, if you want to put that much effort in, go for it. Hey, Lamar, Sabria Dean, second team. Let's go. Let's go, run baby. UIW, Skywick, second team. Let's run it Do up. It. Ink Let's it. run it up. Uh, Desiree Colonel, first team, North Texas. Come on. Listen, listen. Come on, the all-early season team. <laughs> the all-first-month team. There you go. Um, but all right, that's all we got. Um, Ish has to get back back to work. Hey, look, um, we got the Terry Bussey show coming up next. Woo. Yeah, okay. Timson versus Toller, man. Slide him some purple and gold gloves while you're over there. <laughs> all right, we're trying to see what's happening. Ask him, get the scoop for me, and then text <laughs> it to me. All right, see what he says. We'll see. <laughs> um, or just yell LSU and then see what he reacts. Gives you a thumbs up. I can, yeah, I know, right? <laughs> um, but all right, uh, that's what we got for y'all today. We'll be back after the uh, we'll be back next week, uh, once we're done with the uh, state championships, yep. and uh, once these games start picking up a little bit. So, uh, yeah, thank y'all for joining us. Leave us a five star rating review wherever you're listening. Uh, subscribe to the YouTube channel if you have not already, and we will talk to y'all later.